so in part two now, since we decided to keep talking, man, I can't get this microphone. Do you need a break? Or are you good? No, I'm good. I just got to get my microphone to tighten up satisfactorily. I love messing with this thing. Just need to leave it alone. Boy, what an interesting thing. Do you want to talk about the ethics? I do. Let me, I'm looking up, uh, I, I really want to talk about how some biblical implications about AI as well. I want to ask AI what, what is God, but my phone's filming us, so I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have the chat GPT app on my phone, and I tell you, the practical things that I've personally used it for, um, and I found it to be of immense value, is, is things like just time savers. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I need to, you know, I've asked it, I need to draft such and such legal document. What are What is everything I should include in such and such legal document? What should I include in a lease agreement? What should I include in a quality control report for uh, this specific part that I'm making? What should I include, you know, or, you know, prompts. Yeah. Give me some prompts, creative writing prompts. Give me podcast topic ideas. Give me, you know, and the speed of which it can kick all these things out is really the incredible part. It is. Like anybody can sit down, you know, that has a reasonable intelligence about them, uh, can sit down and, probably come up with most of this stuff given enough research time and, and, you know, and creative thinking probably could come up with most of it. But the fact that I can say, draft me a, just say a lease agreement for a rental house. This address. Boom. Yeah. This address to these people from me. Yeah. And, and I, and, and include a uh, certain, you know, make it generic, but include certain clauses about, uh, keeping the grass cut and paying the homeowners association fees, paying the garbage, sewer, water, uh, and make it for six months, first and last month's rent, uh, you know, and anything else you want to put in it. And it will give you a reasonably good draft. I wouldn't say perfect. Definitely not legal. I wouldn't, definitely, I wouldn't consider you know, legal-wise, in that case, the perfectness of it, mm -hmm. you know. But to get you off the ground, when you come into something with little knowledge or you don't even know what something looks like and you need a concept, man, that's a powerful tool for conceptualizing things. Well, don't you think eventually it'll do all that for you? You'll say, hey, I'm this person, this person, this person, I need whatever the government restrictions are in this state. I need a rental agreement, mm -hmm. produce it and it'll produce it. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, one of the most affected industries is going to have to be Legal. law mm -hmm. because why would I hire a lawyer? Yeah. And I mean, I've already experienced this firsthand. Like I've had to make fewer calls seeking legal counsel, because, you know, especially in the simple stuff right now, obviously, but it's just going to get better. 
to where I can just say, um, you know, I need a contract for this, this job. I need you to include all this information. Maybe I feed it some data. Uh, draft me a contract that will give me the terms that I want. Boom. Drafted. Done. Draft me a prenuptial agreement. Boom. Drafted. Done. Draft me a whatever. Yeah. It can spit it out when you're talking legal text. Or, like you said, um, you know, I need something that's legally binding in all 50 states. Take into consideration all the different laws of 50 states. I need it to be applicable and not, and without, um, what's the word? Contradiction. Contradiction um, across all the laws of these 50 states. Boom. I mean, that fast. And lawyers can't do that. No. Because they only lawyers know have their to state. Sit and read <laughs> the laws that first have to be licensed in the yeah. state, right? So now you have 50 different licenses to carry. And, and now you have to read the laws and be familiar with the laws from each state. Instead of just, I need something that's applicable in all 50 states. Boom. Done. I think something that is weighing on everyone's mind right now is chat GPT, do my taxes. Oh, How awesome I don't even know be. if chat GPT can figure out the internal <laughs> revenue code. I think it's, it's a great mystery of Babylon. It is um, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, just imagine that like you don't even have to know more. So, so the, the, the jobs affected, we already see lawyer, accountant, Government, government, completely. The first law that passed legislate that passed national legislation uh, drafted by GPT just went into it, just passed hmm. in a South American country. I want to say, boy, can't look it up. Argentina, maybe. There was there's a South American country that passed the first law drafted by ChatGPT. Wow. And it was a good law. I, I can't remember what it was about specifically, but the, re the reports that I read were that it was sound. Sure. Well, and and so we talked about, you know, I, I ended part one kind of, of you've got the greatest minds in the room working together, right? And yeah. the potential of that. And so like something that, you know, you look in Genesis uh and I looked this up 11 um, in verse 6. And here, this is the story of the Tower of Babel. This is where mankind decided we're going to build a tower to the heavens, to God, right? And and so the idea here is, well, f for a long time, we didn't know what was in the clouds. Like, <laughs> like nowadays, people don't even think twice. We know exactly what's in the clouds. So, so we think, but before that time, before we were capable of flight and we flew up there and saw, okay, there's nothing up here but air and space. Um, people used to look up and think, well, that's probably where God is. Like the, the clouds are his, the floor or whatever. And he just is up there and he looks down on us. Right. I mean, how about the Milky Way galaxy? Oh man. Yeah. Without light pollution. Yeah. Talk about humbling. Yeah. Awe-inspiring. So, so you have this, you know, mentality that's there, or, or or what we assume is the mentality that was there. But you read this verse, and it says, 
you know, so they've built the tower. They're they're they've built it of brick and stone and slime uh, with mortar. So combining it and they're building it up, biggest tower. And supposedly they found this tower too, like remnants of this tower. So yeah, who knows? But anyway, so I don't care about what the people did, right? Like to me, that's not intriguing. What's intriguing to me is how God reacted to what the people were doing. And this is what he says. It says in verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. So first they got God's attention. I mean, God basically is saying, God really wasn't paying attention to humans that much at this moment. And then he specifically decided to come down and physically see what was going on. Which the children of men builded. And at verse 6 it said, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And that's what intrigues me about AI, is how it can bring all people and all information, everything that is on this earth, into one thing. And then it says, And they have all one language. So now we're seeing that AI kind of does that as well because it's a computer code that is universal. We no longer have this restriction of if it's English or Russian or, you know, Chinese, what language, these barriers that were there, they're no longer there because all of computer code is the same code now. The data sets are still broken up. Yeah, they're broken up. But still, like the main, like a, a Chinese guy in, you know, a computer science, computer hacker in China Yes, he, he likes to have the text, you know, in, in his own language. Right. But ultimately, he can see the code and understand the code that's happening in both languages. For sure. And we've almost solved the language barrier problem yeah. without AI. Sure, without AI, I mean, yes. pretty close, 95%. Mm-hmm. To where you can communicate through Google now. You you know, can, it, yeah, it, you can it, communicate definitely. in a multitude of ways, uh, you know, the language barrier, but... The language barrier is still there without the tool. Yes. The people are not one. Yes. The information flow is more readily there. Sure. But the people are not one. So here here's what here's what the point I'm getting at. So the people is one and they have all one language. So those were the stipulations. First, the people agreed. Mm-hmm. So they had the same purpose that they were heading towards. Second, they had the same language so they could understand one another. And this they begin to do. And now, listen to what God says, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So no longer is it just about what we're capable of doing, but everything we can possibly imagine we can accomplish. And so God says, go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is that is the name of it called Babel because the Lord there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad abroad upon face of of all the earth so now we're 
just now, I would say, in our time, in our lifetimes, this happens thousands of years ago, and we're just now coming to full circle to where we're no longer going to have this language. If AI is successful, and all of a sudden AI becomes this uniting thing, what do you think? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I hate to I hate to be the the skeptic. The skeptic here, you know. <laughs> I think the roots just run too deep. The hatred. The hatred. Mm-hmm. Just the human nature. The lines of the countries. H- humans need Con- because of that event. We've got, we need the them. We need the somebody else. Us versus them. Us versus them. Why do people go to football games for Pete's sake? I mean, why do you go to a football game, a college game, and you root for a university that you didn't even attend, so you have no connections with? Go Ducks. Yeah, go Ducks. Hey, I'm a, I'm a Ducks fan too. I love going to the games. They're fun. Uh, but you root for a team you have zero ties to other than you've invested thousands of dollars in their merchandise. Um, not and just tickets. him, me too. Yeah. And, and you you say bad things about the team that they're playing and you want them to win. So bad. You want them to win so bad. And it's like this war, like this pseudo war. That's been fabricated it's, it's what it is it is, it is this form of pseudo warfare mm-hmm. that we do because there's no war you know so now we have to make up a war <laughs> in the form of sports and we we all consider this a good thing and it's been throughout history the it's coliseum so, i mean yeah all, it's, it's always so embedded you put two guys in a room that are best friends they're still gonna on some level, compare ability, right? Compete, yeah. Compete. They're, they're going to f- fight, even if, you know, even if it's just in play. Yeah. Play fighting. They're, it's so ingrained. The us versus them. The me versus you. The, I'm better than you are. The, the nationalism. Even the statism. Mm-hmm. I think we take that for granted a little bit because we're so powerful as a country. America, yeah. And we have all of these distractions, these pseudo-war-like distractions to keep our minds, uh, that part of our minds kind of occupied. But let's get real. I mean, We spent the last half of the 20th century in a Cold War, which was nothing more than we want to be better than the Russians. Mm-hmm. The Russians want to be better than us. Yep. And we, that was the whole thing. You know, no open warfare, no tanks on the battlefield. It was just, we're competing mm-hmm. on some level as countries. And I think as long as there are countries, I don't think you're going to have what you're talking about. 
But that's what I, I think my point kind of is too, is that I agree with you. I don't think you're ever going to get the greatest minds in the same room. You're never going to get them mm-hmm. agreeing. But what AI will do is use their information and know all the information. And it's like having all those guys in the same room. And it's like having all those guys united f- towards whatever purpose AI is pointed at. You see what I'm saying? Until the State Department comes out and says, we order all artificial intelligence companies firewall yep. every other country. Yeah. You can only operate with data sets inside the United States. That's over. Now, China has their people. Germany has their people. We have our people. And we're right back to who can do it better. Yeah. It's not a collective. Well, that's either going to, that's the other route I think that it takes. It's either going to be the route where we give way too much power to AI and all of a sudden it's scary what the outcome is because we don't know. Or like you said, it's all going to be restricted and regulated to the point where it's just another phase. It's just another tool. Yeah. I think. History being the best predictor of the future, I think that's where it goes. But that's not where it started. That's what amazes me is usually when there's a technology that sustains, like like nukes, when those first mm. came out, all the countries of the entire world met together and said, okay, we've seen what nukes can do, so how do we make sure none of us are ever going to use nukes on each other again? Well, the most effective doctrine in that regard is mutually assured destruction. Yep. Everybody, all the big boys have them. We all point them at each other. Say, we all want to live, so let's not pull the button or push the button. Yeah. Pretty simple. Which is interesting that we say that because just recently it came out that there's been a signed document that, so to speak, for AI, President of China, Russia, America, all these major companies and corporations the presidents that are in charge of those things with AI signed this document that said, we need to make sure that we do not put anything within the AI that can even pose a risk of, you know, extinction to the human race. Oh, for sure. Which scares me. Why? Because. Because you, then it then it points that it's possible. Exactly. Because that means the guys that are closest to this stuff are scared. And that scares me because the guys that were closest to the atomic bomb were terrified of its possibilities. And so that's where I think we're di- we're underestimating what AI is. Much like the atomic bomb, there's far more potential in good uses. Mm-hmm. There's far more potential in nuclear energy than there is in nuclear destruction. There's far more good. And and at this point in history, we have focused primarily on that. Yeah. We've addressed the malicious side, malevolent side. And we've said, okay, here's how we're going to deal with this. This is the wisest thing we can come up with is give everybody nukes, allow the the major powers, the major powers to have them. Put in place agreements, checks and balances. You know, nothing's perfect, but we haven't blown each up. We haven't blown each other up so far. 
I mean, that's there's a lot to be said in that. Yeah, like that is- the fact that there's there's a technology that we can wipe out the face of the planet. It can happen. That it can happen, and we, it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Speaks to humanity itself and providence for sure you realize you're speaking on the side of dystopia or utopia being possible no 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 i'm not (laughs) utopia is not possible here i'm just i'm I'm making a parallel yes i'm using nuclear as kind of a parallel example because i think it's one of the few things that carries the magnitude of of what we're seeing of what we're seeing Mm mm-hmm that's the most recent example of something that's so powerful the entire world pay, is paying attention. Right. Yeah. But we found we figured out a way to address it. And then we also figured out a way using the exact same technology to harness it for the betterment of, of mankind. Which is why I think a lot of people are starting to think of the utopia as being possible because of how well we handled that situation and how no one's used nukes since that time no one's blown each other up like we've that. come really close yes yeah, we have yes but we but no one really has right and so because of that they're like well maybe we're going to use ai the same way and we're going to use we ha- it we haven't created a, a utopia from nuclear energy again yeah. just like any other technology we used it as a tool sure to create more value for less effort so you think AI is going to be limiting? It's always going to be dangerous. There's that's always going to be like nuclear bombs are always dangerous. Anything nuclear is dangerous. But you're more leaning towards the side that AI is going to just advance humankind. In we're probably going to find a cure for cancer. Probably find cures for all these diseases yeah, that maybe. we have to worry about. Sure. That, because all of this, all of it's going to be limited to processing information. I wouldn't go that far that it would all be limited to just data processing. I think it has a lot of powerful potential in conceptualization and and problem solving. I mean, I guess it all does come down to data processing, but on a really high level. It's an oversimplification. It's an oversimplification for sure. But. Like I said in the, the part one, I'm far, far more worried. You know, there's always a potential for any outcome based upon inputs. Sure. Most of those inputs being made, at least in this stage of the game, by humans. Humans are flawed. Humans are malleable. Humans are corrupt. But humans also have a divine soul and collectively are capable of making wise decisions. And I think the probability of that being the end of civilization in a material way, of AI being, you know, a problem, we'll just say, bigger than that we can solve, I view as a a very low percentage outcome, mm-hmm. a very improbable outcome. I truly believe that what it, what the technology does to us as humans 
it's going to be far more dangerous. What it does to us in our interpersonal relationships, what it does to us in how we interact with the world, what it does to us in how we learn, how we develop, rely on it, yeah. how we rely on it, how, you know, how it will change the way that we interact with the world, you know, in learning and in, in curiosity and, and so many things. And even in, um, you know, motor skills, so many things. I think the effect that it will have on us it's far more dangerous. It's kind, might, of, it's kind of like the mirror. We might start looking like those aliens that we draw where we're skinny and we already don't, are. don't have any <laughs> We already are. I mean, everybody's getting fat and, you know, skinny fat. Yeah. No muscle, all yeah. fat. Uh-huh. That's totally the case. Which was like that, the Disney, you have, did you ever watch Wally? Uh, I've, I know what it is. Yeah. I've never yeah. so, watched it. So that's the... That's what I think everyone's seeing that AI is going to lead us to is kind of that type of thing to where robots are going to take care of us so much. We're just going to be entertaining, being yeah. entertained constantly. 24/7. There's a lot of humans out there. There are a lot of humans that will go for that. Yeah. There's a lot of humans. They won't settle. The, their mind works in such a way that even if they had, even if they could comfortably devote themselves to pure hedonism, yeah, they just assume put a gun to their head. So that's another thing that I think, like we get so reliant on, like most people believe what Google's going to say. I mean, because most of the time Google is pretty accurate. All right. So it's got bias. You get into politics, you get into morality, things like that. Yeah, all of a sudden it comes a little bit more difficult so let's say because again all generated by humans exactly so let's say though that we get so reliant on ai what happens if ai says god doesn't exist i don't think it'll have a meaningful i don't think it will have any more of effect than friedrich nietzsche saying god is dead Mm mm-hmm 150 years ago. I think it's different though, because people still thought for themselves back then. I'm afraid that in our society today, people, they aren't thinking for themselves anymore. Like we, we see it in the way that they're voting. We see it in the way that like life around them is happening just how people are praising San Francisco and we see the human feces everywhere there. That is anything but an exemplary city that we want to talk about. And, and just like, like how they ignore that. And they, and they just, well, we don't talk about that because that'll be, then I'll be labeled as conservative or then this will, ha- and, and just how people choose to believe a lie. Well, I think, Personally, I think you may be overestimating your ancestors. Could be. I think there was probably pretty close to the same, if not less than the same ratio of intellectualism or original thought. They were trying to survive. Because they're trying to survive, (laughs) first and foremost. Life was brutal back then, man. 
200 years ago, 150 years ago, mm-hmm. life was brutal. Yeah, especially in America. Yeah, We got it easy. Mm-hmm. And wh- why was there no homeless back then? You know, all these homeless people now, man. Yeah, because people just died. Yeah, that's what happened. People got disease and they died. Yep. They didn't have all the drugs. Yeah, they had alcohol. And that was a huge problem. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of people (laughs) died from alcohol because they, I mean, people drank so much more. It cracks me up when people, you know, everybody just drinks all the time. If you actually look at the statistics, people drank something like seven times more on average per citizen per year. 200 years ago than they do today. Because of how much pain they were in constantly. Because it's, yeah, it's an escape. Like, yep. it, you know, as much as we like to think life was so good in the good old days, you know, Everyone everybody was moral. was moral and pure <laughs> and, you know, everybody helped each other out. Mm. Yeah. Time is rose colored. Yes. And both sides, I think. Yeah. And I think we just can't think critically enough most of the time to really understand where we're we were at and where we've come. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at how people consume can consume a, the the amount of information available. Mm-hmm. False, true, whatever. I mean, it's it's an infinite scale more than information than you could have accessed a hundred years ago and infinite I, I i don't think numbers would do it justice yeah and the same human nature is still at play it can be modulated differently but it's still there we're still the same form as so we were then so you think those who believe in god would just still believe in god and those who don't would just not still if AI said God doesn't exist, I don't think it would have much of an effect. I don't think it would have an effect if it said it like today. But like, I think it would have to, Well, uh, and I'm just thinking of it as a spiritual battle of how Satan could use AI and how mm-hmm. God could use AI to the point where we see I mean, even now, like the internet is almost everywhere and, and Musk is trying to make it to where it is everywhere to the point where salvation's online. Like you, you can know who God is and the story of Jesus and everything just from being online now. Um, sure. And, and so that's, that's very much there. Well, of course, you know, the devil, anytime God allows something to be good, the devil corrupts it. That's his mo that's how it works right and so you're saying i i I can kind of see your your fears coming to fruition as well to where people don't think they need to interact with people anymore i think that'll kill us long before anything else yeah because we just will quit having kids yeah and if somebody doesn't believe in god no one will ever challenge them on that aspect Again, I'm I'm a I am a Christian. Yes. And I believe that on the table of man's heart is written the existence of God. Yes. 
And I think if everyone is truly honest with themselves, they come to that conclusion in some form. Yeah. I just don't think you can look around at creation and come away without at least an acknowledgement of that. Of a higher power. A, yeah. The acknowledgement of, in, people like to use intelligent design. Yeah. Or a higher power. Yeah. Or however, something bigger than you is out there. We say it's God, the one living true God. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to call it, there's something bigger than you. You are not the top. You are not as gods. Yeah. You are but men. And I think if you look at literature and you look at history, People have been aware of that mm -hmm. throughout the ages in so many different iterations. And I don't even think the most perfected AI can modify. I don't think it can change that. Yeah, because I think God implemented in us that we're, there's always a choice so that nobody will have an excuse when they stand before him one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if they do have an excuse, then that he's not a just God by sending them, you know, to a hell that, well, I never even had a chance. I never even had a choice. Yeah. And that's a whole nother podcast yes. to delve down into that. <laughs> the whole wormhole that is, yes. you know, discussing that topic, mm -hmm. the name of it, which escapes me at the moment. But yeah, I, I, I you know, there's going to be some quote unquote weak minded people that will just believe it, yeah. Sh sh sheepily follow, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It but says. it's just an excuse. Yeah. It's because they want to live the way they want to live. It's because they want to live the way they want to yeah. live, just like they do now. Yeah. You know, denying the existence of any authority. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Whatever iteration that comes from, people will latch on to it. They did back then. They do now. They will in the future. Mm -hmm. Man has always searched for an absolution of responsibility, an absolvement. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. Yeah, and man's always in that search. Man has time and time again tried to deny the existence of an authority, mm -hmm. the existence of. I mean, that's the very essence of a creator. You create something, you have authority of it. You know, in a, in a very meta way, right? Sure. I mean, obviously that doesn't... But in an overall sense, if you create something, you have authority over it because you conceptualized it and you created it. If there's no creator then there, you have no authority mm -hmm. because you are just you. But if there is a creator, if there is an, a, an intelligence, a, a higher power, something bigger than you, which I believe is written on people's hearts, then that means something has authority over you. Something. And people have been running from that since day one. Yeah. But I don't think anything can 
can change. I don't think anything that we do here on earth can function as more than an excuse for that, mm. for the absolvement of that. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I don't think, first off, I don't think chat, G, or not chat GPT, but I don't think artificial intelligence in general is ever going to come out and say that there is no God. Yeah, it's too scared to be that divisive. No, I, I think that, I think that it will come to the conclusion that there is. Yeah, I think so too. But I, but I don't think that they'll let that out. Like people, people won't let that happen. That because then it. I think they will. You think so? I I think it. Well, it's already happened. Yeah, to some extent, and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole specifically, but you can get there. Yeah, it. You know, it's not. An, an atheist, pure atheistic bias, for sure. Sure, yeah. And I think that's something that, even in America, we're starting to see a, almost like a, a new wave of, yeah, it's okay to believe in God, but like you said, the responsibility side of it is is what's becoming popular. Like what we saw in Romans, where people believe in getting saved and then using that salvation, using that freedom in Christ to sin. And to yeah. do whatever you want, because so you're saved now. So so now that you're saved, you're you're absolved of any judgment whatsoever. So go and live your life however you want to. And I think that's what would be created if AI came out and said God's real. I don't think it would be like the Bible is true. You should follow the Bible. That's not going to happen. It's just going to. We don't know. <laughs> You know, I don't think the devil would like the devil wouldn't let that happen, man. There's no way. How many things has science proved that the Bible said was true? Was true. Yeah. Science come out. Oh, sure enough. This is true. You should yeah. do that. Yeah. Over and over and over yeah. again. After hundreds of years, though, of being against it and saying, see, it's sure. false. <laughs> well, those were humans that were against were, it. Yeah. Those weren't those were not, quote unquote. Logical reasoning processes. Those were humans that had emotions, mm, biases, and biases, yada yada yada. And again, I don't believe in a completely unbiased artificial intelligence. Sure, yeah, that's but <laughs> I think it's possible that it it sways in that direction of 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 what we would call you and me would call truth. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm. If anything, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting living, living in. And how fast, like you, you even look like at the robotics of what was launched in just Tesla alone. Mm-hmm. Like version one had cords, a track that it was following, and you're sitting there going, "This is what everyone's worried about of the future," and within a year. Their 2.0 come out came out and it's got hands, it's wireless, it can walk, it can decipher organized colors, it can reason, and it's insane how fast it's all advancing. Sure. Compare that to a human. Yeah. Yeah, it's not close. That yet. robot can't do this. <laughs> its hand doesn't function this way. Yeah. Not yet. 
there's no conceptualized technology that works like a human hand. Yeah. The way muscle fibers work. There's actuators. Yeah. That can linear movement, even compound linear movement for sure. Positional movement, but the fluid smooth motion of a hand. The amount of research and technology that would have to go into not only building the electromechanical device that could replicate a human hand, but then programming, maybe with the help of Jet GPT, AI, AI, whatever. The programming that would be required to smoothly control every movement on an infinite scale in infinite positions that would allow for an infinite amount of hand movements and then use those movements and determine what exactly is the best movement to make grab something what's the best amount of pressure to apply and the amount of variability in that system I think it's divine I don't know man like I said in this video they pick up an egg and they have sensors on the fingertips and the thing is able to pick up an egg before which was unheard of 10 years ago uh but he can pick up an egg. He can put the blocks where they, which is what its main purpose is for Tesla right now. Yeah. Is blue goes here, green goes here. This screw goes here. This screw goes here in the factories to eliminate what? workers. They've had similar stuff for years. Yeah. Okay. They've had stuff that can robotically. I mean, they've been doing robotics, laparoscopic surgeries for quite a while now. Absolutely. Like the manipulation of certain objects is not complicated. Mm -hmm. The manipulation of all objects with the same tool Mm -hmm. is infinitely complicated, right? I can design you a claw probably on my computer in a long weekend that will... Pick up an egg. Reach down, pick up an egg, place it in the egg cart. Not pr- putting too much pressure on Not it. Not putting yeah. too much pressure on it. Maybe I run some tests. I say, okay, we can put, uh, you know. Do this much pressure. You know, a couple mm-hmm. kilonewtons of pressure on an egg. Probably not that much. But, you know, we can put whatever amount of pressure on this egg. We run some tests. We figure it out. Okay, we program. It's just some basic engineering math. We program up a, a simple you know, pincher style apparatus that will grab the egg, maybe with some rubber pads, boom. Which is what you have eggs. on a lot of places where you see robotic arms making yeah. meals and things like that. I mean, that touches a lot of different manufacturing industries. Mm-hmm. But I can't just say, oh, I'm going to use that same tool to uh, turn a knob. Yeah. It has no idea now yeah. what to do. Yeah. No idea. But which is where AI comes into play. AI comes in, but... It's limited to its It's hardware. limited to the physical hardware. Yeah, sure. But then to create the hardware that can do everything, like the human hand, mm-hmm. now the, the inputs and the feedback 
processing that's required is we don't even know how to write that. I mean, how many muscles do you have in your hand? Well, yeah, and no, I see what you're saying definitely on that, how it's divine, because what to me is divine is the power source. How we're what we are with no. We're, we're just who we are without an exter- any exterior power source. Uh, we, don't, we don't see it anywhere. Yeah, we eat it, man. <laughs> well, animals, yes. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like We've never been able to create something that has regenerative power like we are. Mm. And some would say ye- sleep ye- is considered the recharging process, I guess. But I would, I think I would differ with that on a physics basis. So we consume food. Mm-hmm. That food is broken down, synthesized, processed, and the the essentially the energy that we can extract and breaking down, we can use to power our bodies. Okay. Very simple breakdown of it, right? Sure. And I think everybody can understand that. Yes. We take food, we extract the waste versus, energy from yeah, it yeah. and if you want to check it all traces back to the sun mm-hmm. okay because the sun creates the plant is the, our the energy planet. source here on the planet that, that you know photosynthesis just like high school mm-hmm. biology yep. you make the plant the cow eats the plant you eat the cow you know and you end up with this and this circle of life the circle of life man <laughs> you end up with this energy sound like a hippie again and uh, you extract as much as you can, mm-hmm. and your cells use that for, they burn it. Yeah. And, you know, it's not burning in the, in the we think of it, but it's, it's a, a form of energy conversion. We can take the same kind of material and burn it, literally, mm-hmm. in a furnace or in a heat exchanger, we can heat water, we can spin a turbine, we can make electricity. So, now the efficiency is quite a bit different. Sure. But we all require a energy source. The sun. Mm-hmm. Where were we going with this before I got off on that <laughs> tangent? The hand and... The hand, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Of how we... Nothing is 100% regenerative, I think, is main the main point there. Yeah. We're not, re- I mean, we're a divine pro. We're talking about the divine right, yeah. nature. We can't replicate it. Yeah. And which is what I was thinking is divine was how complex we are. I agree. But just our energies, how we are, we do require, like you said, yeah, food and water. Those, those are basically our energy sources that we need, like a, an iPhone would need a power source, I guess, yeah. to recharge. So you, you you would you would argue that we have kind of created that. It's just in a different form, so it just looks a little different. We've created, we've harnessed energy in other ways than just our own bodies. Mm-hmm. The methodology is what we can't replicate. Yeah, we can't replicate precisely how we we're getting closer but replicating how we biologically 
grow and process and, you know, des- how things are designed, mm-hmm. you know, how it all functions, how it all works. They're making steps toward it, but we're not there. Yeah. I wouldn't even say we're close. So but, what would you say to somebody who says that, because this is something that's worried me and, and worried Elon Musk when he was involved in Google's AI, when they first started coming up with the concept of AI, artificial intelligence and BARD, I guess, is the one that they've released. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was still even in its, you know, conceptual phase to where they, they haven't even talked about that hadn't created it or coded it or any of that they were just basically you know brainstorming so to speak how and this is when you know they they were starting the the project and then musk asked him he said well we need to implement you know some things about making sure that the ai understands that its goal is to make sure the human race continues And I guess the executive, this is where they disagreed. And he said, well, he says, if we put that kind of restriction on it, then it will hinder its growth. And you're talking about open AI. Yeah. Yeah. Which Elon Musk was an original. Yes. Yeah. Founder. Yes. Well, it was open AI. And I think most of these guys were on that same team. Google has its own version now. One yeah, but those were, were all at OpenAI yeah, yeah, at the time. Yeah, it might have been this, at OpenAI. This conversation yeah. that you're yes, talking yes, about. Yes, yes, yeah. I think yeah. you're right, yeah. And I can't remember the guy's name. Yes. Um, <sighs> but anyway, so so his his fear was is that they started looking at AI as its own species. So that, and they, and they, and they, accused Musk of being a, a speciesist or whatever he calls it to where he he put his own human race above AI. And so what would you what do you think about that as far as AI being its own species? Uh, I tell you what, I think about that. I think it's a bunch of Silicon Valley guys that <laughs> think they're god. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pure ego Mm. to think that yeah because what i mean it's like you look to the heavens and and proclaim i am become god because i have created another life form i have created therefore i am god yeah that's what that is yeah i think it's pure unadulterated pride and ego but do you see where they're coming from? Like we've talked about in past episodes, like the best way to learn it a lot of the times is to put ourselves in those people's place and try to understand where they're coming from. So so one thing that they mainly said is that we've created something that basically is above what animals are. So like so like artificial intelligence will be able to understand this world better than any animal that's on the planet. Okay. And so they see it as, well, them it's, if we cherish the animals and we protect the animals and we see them as life, how do we not see 
artificial intelligence as life too, because it's learning, it's deciding, it's doing all these things on its own, so to speak. Or do you even think, do you even think artificial intelligence truly exists? Like, is the computer really coming up with its own decisions and making its own decisions? Or is it just reproducing the data and AI is just a farce? Well, we kind of touched on this at the beginning of part one. Yeah. Intelligence is just what? It's input, output. Input, analyzation, adjustment, output. How well that can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, we can look at every biological thing as being having some level of intelligence. Sure. Right? In how they interact with the world. I mean, it, if you look at intelligence as how well something interacts with the world on an input-output level, then artificial intelligence has zero because it can't interact with the world. Mm-hmm. It can interact with us. Yeah. But we created it. Data, yeah. We can we, we created all those data sets. Mm-hmm. We told it what to do. It's a slave. It's a tool. But if you wanted to go so far as to say it is intelligent, meaning that as a tool, it can take an input, apply the correct adjustments, questions, data to an input and correspond an output, then yeah, you can call it intelligent. I don't care. Or if, I guess intelligence, I guess also could be viewed as being able to influence the world. And I think that's one place that it would excel at. No, I don't think, I I don't think intelligence has anything to do with influence in the world, Mm. quite frankly. I think, but don't you think the most intelligent people are the ones that influence the world the most? Absolutely not. Really? Look at the president of the United States. Well, yes, but at the same time, like, there's a reason he's there. Because the people that are the most intelligent are behind him pulling the strings. You see uh, what I'm saying? See, I would even argue that. I think <laughs> the people that are the most intelligent don't want to have anything to do with government. <laughs> Could be. Or they want somebody dumb in there yeah. that won't bother them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there are intelligent people that affect, you know, exert an amount of power over the world, but I don't think the most intelligent people do. Hmm. I think the most intelligent people are intelligent enough to know that if people know I'm they don't want to get involved. Well, yeah, or they they think that if people know how intelligent I am, I'm going to be a slave the rest of my life. Like you look at the founder of Ethereum of cryptocurrency. He's a brain, but basically he's slave to the American government now because yeah. of this amazing technology that they've created in, you know, cryptocurrency. Cause Bitcoin doesn't, ha- no one knows who created Bitcoin. He was right. intelligent enough never to reveal his true identity. Yeah. Again, but, he was intelligent enough that he, he re- re- recused himself. Yes. Because he could foresee yeah. the problems associated with that. Yeah. 
And yes, the influence is there, but it's anonymous. And there's a big difference yes. between credit and no credit yes. on these things. So, yeah, I think it... So you don't think influence has anything to do with intelligence or being its own life form? I would almost go so far as to say there might be a, a somewhat of an inverse correlation. Mm. I mean, look at... Just take influence as a general idea. Who has the most influence in society? Just give me some names. Who who are some influential people in society? Well, let's okay, minus I'll, the I'll, crypt, I'll minus you. the crypto yeah, I'll bros. With, I'll go with you. Yeah, well, we'll go this way. But I, as soon as you said that question, something else came to my mind. Okay. I'll bring that up later. Um, but um. I would say all presidents have major powers. For sure. They can exert a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. They are very influential. Um, probably anybody that's the head of any tech companies, the rich, which would be probably some of the richest people in the world. So like Bill Gates, okay. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and all these guys that mm -hmm. used their intelligence so to speak to build these huge companies that you know created pretty much a lot of the stuff we're talking about today um you see a lot of religious um figureheads like the pope or um even among you know christian circles you know people that influence a lot or i mean i would still say the biggest influencers are on youtube well, Taylor Swift, yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Hollywood, yeah, YouTubers, like you just said, most of these people aren't that intelligent. Maybe they're savvy business people. Maybe they know how to master an image. But are they really intelligent in a unique way? Maybe in one area. Yeah. But I don't know about generally. I would, I would very much be skeptical of that. I would say influence is determined maybe by being able to do something that most can't. And so like you look at anyone in the music industry, wherever they're from, they were the best of anyone around them. I think it's deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, that's a very merit-based, a purely merit-based take. Sure. And I don't think the world fundamentally works 100% on merit. Mm. I think it should, but I don't think it does. I think a lot of it just sometimes has to do with where you are, who you know. The break. The, they all call about that. The, the big break. The, the big break. Yeah. A lot of people don't get the big break. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that deserve a break and they've never they're never gonna get one. Yeah. And that amount of randomness, you know, just this the, the, the world just doesn't put 
the best people in the best position. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. The world's just not perfect like that. Yeah. And 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 I think that's constant. Well, and I think the best people for the best positions don't want to be in the positions. Exactly. I think that's like what you're saying is the the most qualified president in history. We don't know and never will yep. because they have a brain and don't wouldn't wouldn't dare ruin their life by running for the presidency of the United States. Yeah, I mean, there's only two reasons you want that job. You have a gigantic ego. Yeah. Um. And you you like power. Because mm-hmm. money, you're the most powerful person in the world, arguably on paper. And you're the most well-known person, the most famous person in the world. And the only reason you would want that is you're a little nuts. <laughs> so the most qualified person for the job, you ain't touching that thing with a 20-foot pole. Yeah. Hmm. So that's where I get, circle back around to your original comment of, Influence versus intelligence. I, I don't think they're correlated. I think it's a at best random mm. assignment. And I, I don't think they're correlated very highly. I mean, I, I just think of people like Jake Paul. You know, probably a nice guy. Whatever. Don't really follow him. But the amount of influence that somebody like that has over the younger generation. Mm-hmm. You know, that you and me are not up to up with maybe on a day-to-day basis but the amount of influence that they can and have exerted in areas over huge numbers of people through you know through the internet guy probably has maybe an average or slightly above average iq no genius meanwhile i I guarantee i go down to my local community college and i can find a a guy that it's probably batting in the 140s, 150s, studying for, you know, engineering, physics, whatever. Very intelligent. High IQ, which is correlate, which is overall a pretty accurate measure of intelligence. And he can't influence any more than you or I can. It'll probably be an IT guy somewhere making pretty average salary. Yeah. The rest of his life while Jake Paul's sitting in mansions. And if there's a book called, um, and I'm not a huge fan of his work. He's a very liberal guy. And I, I shun to even recommend reading him, but Malcolm Gladwell has a book called outliers. And he systematically goes through a, a series of people kind of breaks down exactly what we're talking about. Mm. How much more important it is things like physical, you know, it it touches on the free will versus determinism thing a lot. Um, But he makes some pretty solid data points um, such as the time of year you were born, the year you were born, where you were born, what country you were born in, what household you were born in, the state, the city, the school you go to, 
how all those things through the tree of all the decisions in your life can get somebody like Bill Gates to where he's at. There's a lot of people smarter than Bill Gates that don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. But through a series of happenstances, decisions, you know, whatever you want to call them, you ended up there. And Bill Gates is one of the guys he goes through kind of the progression of. And then he takes somebody, and I can't even remember the guy's name, one of the smartest, highest IQ individuals ever recorded. Ended up failing at a career in academics because he couldn't deal with people. And, And now just ranches in Montana because he couldn't even get a degree. It was so any other problems and and those decisions didn't line up right. You know, it was off just a little, the fit was off just a little bit and and it didn't work. Mm. The intelligence was wasted. So why do we put such a value on intelligence then? It's the highest correlative to life success overall. Pretty much. You have to be intelligent enough, but then also social enough. Have mm-hmm. that balance to be able to succeed. Yeah. I mean, being able to interact and, and, and collaborate with other people is definitely important. It goes back to what we, the part one talked about, about being the people being one, you know, just mm-hmm. how you can get people to submit to what you want them to do without showing power over them to where they or showing superiority over them like many people with high IQs do, you know. Yeah, and I think the high IQ is subject to the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you sacrifice social intelligence or what they like to call EQ now, emotional intelligence quotient, um, you get to a point where it, it almost is, it starts to become a detriment. But like anything else, humans are far more loss-averse than they are gain-seeking, mm-hmm. meaning they're, they would rather not lose than win more. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hurts more to lose $100 then it feels good to make $100, right? So it's not so much that the highest IQ are anything special. It's that the lowest IQ is terrible, <laughs> and you don't want to be there. Yeah. That's the scary part, you know? And it's, it's that gets into some crazy ethical stuff, too. But, I mean, the famous statistic... The United States military will not induct anybody into the armed services with an IQ of less than 83. Mm. It's 10% of the population has an IQ of less than 83. Mm. The military is determined. And the United States military, who is always looking for people, has determined it's a net negative to induct someone with an IQ less than 83 because they will not be of any benefit to the United States. 
be a burden rather than a help. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's 10% of the population. It's 30 plus million people. It's a lot. That's far worse than being average. And they have the same vote as everybody else. Yeah, that's why I don't. I'm, that's why I'm a republic. And <laughs> not because I uh, I like uh, you know, war and stuff. It's just because yeah. pure democracy. Uh, the Greeks and the Romans figured out that didn't work very well. Yeah. Still doesn't. Closing thoughts? Interested. We'll, we'll keep our eye on AI and keep people updated. The new stuff that we see coming out. And it'll be a fun ride, I think. I think it'll be a net positive. Yeah. yeah. I I think I I, th- I agree with you. I think hopefully I think people I think everyone was surprised a couple of years ago when they saw the capabilities of AI, but now it's come to kind of an organizational like, hey guys, this is like the nuke. We need to all agree and all calm down because this could kill us all. People were surprised when dot matrix printers came out too. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown, right? Yeah. Keeps happening. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to our two part series on AI, conservatism, and you. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy, huh? Yeah. All right. See you next time.